I V M I V M Friends, here are the facts. By the year 2050, we will have 10 billion people on our planet. One sixth of whom will still be in India. Feeding a growing world while safeguarding human and planetary health means reimagining how we source our food, particularly our protein supply. It turns out that remaking meat and other animal-sourced foods like eggs and dairy is a critical piece of our future as a species, particularly if we want to be around far beyond 2050. Foods that are plant-based, fermentation-derived, and cultivated—that is, made directly from animal cells. Are taking off all over the world and demonstrating a model to save our planet. Alongside transitioning our energy supply, this smart protein transition is the most important thing we can do to preserve our link with our heritage and safeguard our future. Put differently, to have our meat and our planet too. In the face of climate change brought on by excessive land, water, and energy use. A world scrambling for food security and global health crises like antibiotic resistance and future pandemics. Can we build back better? We're here to discuss exactly that. Welcome to Feeding Ten Billion, a podcast by the Good Food Institute India and the IVM Podcast Network. I'm Varun Deshpande, Managing Director at GFI India, and your host for the show. Over four years, the GFI India team has been patiently laying the groundwork of a thriving smart protein sector in the country. We've worked with universities, entrepreneurs, corporate partners, government agencies, investors, journalists, consumers—everyone who has a stake in the future of food and our planetary health—and we've come a long way. The smart protein sector and GFI India's work cuts across science, policy, and business on an increasingly interconnected and warming planet, with the potential to locate an exciting new sector within the context of this developing world. That interdisciplinary approach is particularly important as we look to build back from the pandemic and achieve our collective promises under the Sustainable Development Goals over the next decade. Now. I'm not going to deny that we got our asses kicked a little bit since you last heard from us in season two. It's been a rough year, as we know it's been for so many of our friends and listeners. Still, this time has underscored for us that the steady drumbeat of opportunity, sustainability, and a more nourishing future can grow far louder than the challenges before us. With partnership from our excellent collaborators across industry, academia, and government. Over the last 18 months, we've seen the smart protein sector begin to take off, even during the depths of the pandemic. And today, we're taking the opportunity to highlight these exciting developments and remind listeners of what's at stake in a fast-paced mini season 2.5, almost like a capsule collection. But before we delve into some of the incredible updates we've seen over the last year, I'd like to introduce you to my co-host Aisha Marfatia. Communications Associate at GFI India. Aisha, would you like to share what we have planned for the season 2.5? Thanks, Varun. It really has been quite a year for the smart protein sector, and our mini season of sorts is here to get you up to speed on some of the most relevant news, ideas, and thought leadership emerging from the sector. And if you're new to the smart protein sector in general and are hungry to learn all about it, listening to seasons one and two of Feeding Ten Billion. Are probably your best bet to get up to speed, and that brings us to this collection of episodes. Why season two point five and not season three? You might ask. Well, given that we're at a point in time where the smart protein landscape is changing every day, we wanted to give you an up-to-the-minute picture, even as we prep for a full-fledged season three. The five episodes in season two point five will provide you with a glimpse into some key developments within the smart protein sector globally. And outline all the work that still needs to be done moving forward. 
They feature leading voices from the worlds of science, business, and innovation to showcase how innovators are laying the roadmap for the future with the smarter protein supply. The show's guests cover everything from how the global south is well positioned to lead the next food revolution to how we can actualize a future where alternative meat, eggs, dairy, and seafood cost the same or less and taste the same or better compared to their animal derived counterparts. We also have two special episodes this season one featuring Indra Nui and another featuring Ritesh and Janelia Deshmukh. These episodes have been tailor-made for the podcast from clips of the Smart Protein Summit 2020, GFI India's annual flagship event that highlights progress made within the sector. But before I get ahead of myself and give away what each episode holds, Varun, would you like to go back to those exciting updates you mentioned earlier? While I'm relatively new to the sector, the significance of some of these developments isn't lost on me. But I'd love to hear you lay out what exactly these developments are and what they mean for the developing world and for the future of food at large. Yeah, that I would love that, Aisha. But why don't we do it this way? Let's each list three things that have happened over the last year about which we are very excited. So I'll go first. And uh, for me personally, and I think for a lot of us at GFI India and the global network of GFI institutions, um, the smart protein space race or the competition between countries to get involved in the sector is the most exciting thing that can happen. So we've talked before about how countries like Singapore, Israel, Canada and the Netherlands have taken very bold steps towards centering smart protein in their climate resilience, food security, their economic growth story. Countries which play a leading role in advancing this sector across science, business, and policy will have, I think, bragging rights for all of eternity. And the last year has seen this space race to replace meat heat up. So for example, Canada recently launched a very ambitious road to 25 billion, which is named for the projected value of their plant protein industry by 2035, $25 billion. And the UK also featured all proteins prominently in their national food strategy rethink. Prime Minister Johnson, in his separate net zero emissions strategy, also cited Britain's lively and growing domestic market for smart protein that could grow to become another great British food export that competes internationally. Now, we love to see it. And more and more countries are continuing to join in. As an additional example, Denmark rather emphatically entered the fray just last month with the Danish government committing 168 million euros to alt protein over 10 years, including funding and incentives for businesses, research, and helping farmers to transition towards plant-based food. As a critical pillar of our shared public and planetary health future, though, smart protein still remains hugely neglected relative to other more mature spaces like renewable energy. Now, we've called, Aisha, for India to go mission mode repeatedly over several years, including on Feeding 10 Billion, on TV, uh, in newspaper articles, and dozens of other venues. And we want India to bring our tremendous agricultural biodiversity, our world-class talent pool, our burgeoning biomanufacturing industry to bear on this sector. We're working across government, industry, academia to make all of this happen, but it's going to take some time before we can rival countries like Singapore and Israel, and that's part of the challenge. Exactly. And that actually sets me up for the next point really well, which is primarily to say that cultivated meat is no longer science fiction. You mentioned Singapore and Israel, and the two countries have already staked a major claim to those bragging rights for all of eternity with the major developments that we saw last year. Exactly one year ago, in December 2020, Singapore became the first country in history to allow cultivated meat for sale in the market. You can try cultivated chicken bites from a company called Good Meat in restaurants and on delivery services like Food Panda. 
with several other companies' products coming to market soon. The progressive city-state has built a fantastic enabling ecosystem supporting alt-protein development, encompassing a rigorous regulatory framework for novel academic-industry government partnerships on food safety, like Fresh at Nanyang Technological University, and scientific research groups for technology development at premier government agencies like the Agency for Science, Technology, and Research. It's definitely a model for other countries to follow, and it's yielding significant returns in framing Singapore as the food tech hub for Asia. It's been a pleasure for the GFI APAC and global teams working with the Singapore government as well, and we know they'll continue to be a wonderful case study of smart protein advancement. Also in December 2020, the erstwhile Israel Prime Minister Netanyahu became the first head of government in the world to try cultivated meat in a historic tasting organized by GFI Israel and Alice Farms. GFI Israel repeated the trick earlier last month in October, this time with President Isaac Herzog and Future Meat Technologies. Israel has been a major hub for development of smart protein, drawing on its primacy in deep technology and entrepreneurship. One small bite for man, one giant leap for mankind indeed. Yep, I agree. I mean, it is incredibly exciting, right, Aisha? We've seen uh, essentially heads of government and heads of state eat meat that was cultivated directly from animal cells, which, yes, sounds like science fiction, but it's happening today. And that is incredibly cool. Now, a really important thing to think about for my next point is how all of this stuff actually gets out to market, and particularly in the context of India, gets out to the global south, right? To the, the parts of the world where we aren't just talking about sexy new technologies, but we're talking about really scaling up and getting great, tasty, uh, nutritious foods out to the mass market. So fittingly, 2021 has been a year of major attention on food systems role within climate change and public health and how it impacts all of these large populations in places like India. GFI India and her partners have been very busy getting Smart Protein a seat at the table of all of these discussions. So for example, uh, we were an official innovation lever lead for the first UN Food System Summit in September 2021. Uh, and of course, we called for investment in Smart Protein science and value chains, etc., uh, we also convened a workshop with the World Health Organization in May 2021, discussing Smart Protein's tremendous potential for public health stewardship. Uh, in his annual report, the WHO regional director said, alternative technology has emerged for mass industrial production of safe, healthy, protein-rich foods in a sustainable and environmentally friendly way, such as cell and plant-based meat. And I just want to reiterate that the fact that World Health Organization, the UN and other organizations like this, what are known as the multilateral organizations, are taking notice even of this space is just incredibly historic. Uh, and then finally, GFI's global network had a heavy presence at COP26, the Conference of Parties 26, which is the most important climate conference in the world. And once again, we were focused on centering smart protein in the emerging climate discourse. So it's, it, it is really heartening that all of these multilateral institutions, these governments, everyone's taking notice and maybe making statements that are quite visionary. But it's worth noting also that energy innovation received about $32 billion of public funding in just 2020. Meanwhile, Smart Protein has received less than $1 billion of research funding in our entire history. So it becomes amply clear very quickly that this is absolutely critical work and we have a very, very long way to go. You're absolutely right, Parun. We do still have a lot of work to do, but there's also cause to celebrate. And one piece of that puzzle that I want to talk about, you know, that we've made a lot of progress in is talent. Talent development is a particular cause for optimism and has been over the last year. Researchers, students, and young professionals from 
science, business, and policy continue to gravitate towards smart protein as a means of marrying their values with their careers, and with good reason. And let me tell you, as a millennial, this resonates with me. The global GFI network has been at the forefront of these efforts with specialized coursework focused on smart proteins being taught by the GFI Israel and GFI APAC teams to multiple universities in Israel and Singapore with the support of GFI India team members. And these universities may soon be joined by multiple cradles of learning in India in 2022. These path-breaking courses were allied with student and faculty-run coursework commitments through GFI's global alt-protein project which is essentially a network of student groups advancing smart protein, resulting in 13 further courses or course modules at some of the world's top universities, including Wageningen University and Research, the world's number one food tech and agricultural sciences university, UC Davis, Stanford University, and Johns Hopkins University. Members of the All Protein Project at UNC Chapel Hill have even provided input to local government on how to make the Durham-Raleigh area globally competitive in attracting business and employment opportunities. Closer to home, GFI India's Smart Protein Innovation Challenge continues to see major success, with over a thousand young innovators trained in 2020 and several companies emerging from the program, raising funding and representing India on the world stage. The 2021 version of our challenge is retooled for even greater impact, with separate tracks focused on entrepreneurship and education, and a host of partners, including investors, government agencies, and world-class universities. As Indian talent continues to power the global smart protein sector, we're delighted to work with young innovators to build further momentum in the space. And the future of our planet relies on this. Yeah, thank you, Aisha. I definitely agree. The kids are all right. But I would also like to place on record that I too am a millennial for anyone who's listening. Anyway, um, I think another area of really exciting movement over the last year has been uh, something that we've heard about before, even on Feeding 10 Billion, which is investment. Now, global smart protein funding has continued on the right track. Uh, our global state of the industry reports released earlier this year indicated record investment in smart protein companies all over the world in 2020. $3.1 billion invested across all of those categories in plant-based, cultivated and fermentation-derived proteins uh, was a three times global increase on 2019. Uh, and just to give you a breakdown of these numbers here, that was about 2.1 billion out of the total 3.1 billion was in plant-based, 590 million was in fermentation and 360 million was in cultivated proteins, right? Uh, and I should state also that, uh, of course, we're recording this in late November, early December. The numbers for 2021 are uh, even more impressive. So through three quarters of 2021, we actually already eclipsed the total 2020 number. It's about $3.4 billion in 2021 through only three quarters. And we should have more numbers on that very soon. Uh, but just going back to the 2020 numbers here for a second, the year-on-year -year increase globally, as I said, was 3x. But the year-on-year -year increase in Asian countries was 6x, which indicates that the epicenter of the global sector continues to shift eastwards, which is only right. I mean, 60% of the world's population lives in Asia. Um, so, you know, we've handily surpassed all of that. Uh, and I think we'll continue to do that over the course of 2022. Now, this momentum has been majorly driven by mega funding rounds for the cultivated meat side, as you were mentioning earlier, Aisha. So, you know, companies like Aleph Farms, good meat and mosa meat on the cultivated meat side, as well as the fermentation uh, source protein companies like Perfect Day. So these categories are a little more futuristic, right? They're racing towards market to join this smart protein party, which has been kicked off by plant-based foods over the last few years. Uh, even Leonardo DiCaprio has got involved, bringing further star power to the sector, which is really exciting. 
Uh, he invested in uh, in Mosa Meat and Aleph Farms earlier this year, and he has also invested in Perfect Day and sits on a sustainability board for them. Uh, so, you know, there, there's uh, a lot of room for involvement in the smart protein sector, and we're seeing actors from all parts of uh, the world get involved, no pun intended. Now, GFI's global research funding grant program has also continued apace, which brings our total funding into smart protein research to about 13 million since 2019, right? And 13 million sounds like a drop in the ocean compared to what's needed. And that is true. It is. Because as I said earlier, renewable energy, electric vehicles, uh, they received about $32 billion in R&D funding just last year and $500 billion with a B in investment in 2020, right? So that's all in one year. And Smart Protein has received, as I said earlier, less than $1 billion in research funding and less than $10 billion in private investment in our entire history. So Aisha, with climate change, pandemics, antimicrobial resistance, food insecurity, all of these problems continuing to loom large, it is imperative that we scale up funding and fast. I'm going to hand back to you, and I, I hope that you're going to end on a more optimistic note. But from where I'm sitting, I think we need to do a lot more work here. No, I agree with you completely. And honestly, I think that's why organizations like GFI exist, right? We're here to do the work. And uh, hopefully our audience is also as excited about doing the work as we are. And I will end on a more optimistic note. And the last thing I wanted to talk about is something that I think our audience will find really, really exciting. And essentially, I just want to highlight how rapidly the Indian market has taken off. Years of painstaking work in ecosystem building done by you and all of our colleagues at GFI India and a host of other partners across enterprise, investment, ingredients, and the supply chain has begun to finally pay dividends. We've seen path-breaking ventures such as Good Dot and Good Milk raise significant rounds of funding, and they're now scaling across the country, even in the midst of a pandemic. We've also seen new entrants such as plant-based meat producers, Blue Tribe Foods, Greenest Foods, Imagine Meats, Shakahari, Be Welsh Foods, and Evolve Foods, and plant-based dairy brands, Milk and Oats, Oatly, Oat Milk, and All Foods begin to make waves. I mean, just think about this. We saw Blue Chai Foods become the first ever company to run full-fledged video ads for plant-based meat during the Cricket World Cup. We all know how many eyeballs that gets. How cool is it that plant-based meat had some viewership there too? We also saw Be Veg Foods launch an 80-plus outlet of the beloved and delicious heritage Indian fast food brand Haldirams, which is also ridiculously cool. Clearly, the sector is treading similar paths to more mature markets such as the US, with many companies choosing to launch through food service channels in restaurants and give consumers a taste of this new category. Ultimately, India will be an omni-channel market though. Consumers will access next-gen foods through restaurants, through e-commerce, including brands' own websites and in retail. The press is also sitting up and taking notice. Major pieces on plant-based meat appeared in Live Mint, Business Today, Money Control, and several other magazines. And even though he won't tell you this himself, Varun was actually featured in GQ magazine as like one of the most influential Indians. So it's surreal to see all of this play out in practice, but it really shouldn't be a surprise. Demand clearly exists for foods that taste the same or better than animal-derived meat, eggs, dairy, and seafood but without the dire impacts they have on public and planetary health. The smart protein ecosystem is off to a good start in rising to the occasion and fulfilling that demand over the next decade. But like you said, Varun, there's still a very long way to go. The press is also sitting up and taking notice, with major pieces on plant-based meat appearing in Live Mint, Business Today, Money Control, and several other publications. And even though he won't tell you this, Varun was also featured in GQ magazine earlier this year. It's almost surreal to see this play out in practice, but it shouldn't be a surprise. 
before we wrap varun i want to just hand back to you for any thoughts you want to leave our listeners with thank you so much for that aisha and i agree it is it's almost surreal to see all of this happening uh, we are in what seems like a different world from where we were before with respect to specifically the plant based sector in india taking off and we hope that that momentum continues uh, and i want to say just to wrap up uh, a big thank you to all of our listeners and underscore that none of what we're seeing now whether it's in clean energy or in the electrification of the transportation grid or in the replacement of plastics or any number of sustainability industries or in the smart protein sector which is of course also a sustainability industry none of these things are inevitable they are not guaranteed they depend on all of us uh, us at gfi india all of our listeners um, people our partners the ivm podcast network continuing to highlight these stories continuing to get involved get our hands dirty uh, align our careers with purpose as well as profit uh, and focus on building a better planet together so thank you so much for listening to feeding 10 billion we are delighted to welcome you to season 2.5 Uh, we have some very excellent episodes in store for you over the next five episodes, uh, and we're really looking forward to continuing to work together in service of a more secure, sustainable, and just global food system. This is Varun Deshpande signing off on this episode of Feeding Ten Billion. For more information, you can visit us at gfi.org.in, and you can also go to xprize.org for more information on Feed the Next Billion. You can also follow us on social media at the Good Food Institute India on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, or wherever you get your social media fix. Hey, everybody! It's been another great week on the IVM Podcast Network. On Wars and Warriors, Air Vice Marshal Arjun Subramanian takes listeners on a trip with the race to Dhaka and some of the most crucial moments from the lightning campaign of Bangladesh. On Think Fast, Varun and Suchita drop some hot takes on NFTs, music, and the rise of social commerce. On Ekaduka Economy, Abhinav Trivedi and Dr. Bharat Junjunwala, author and ex-professor IIM Bangalore, discuss war and its effects on our daily lives. On Shunya One, we spoke to Alok Goel. He's a partner at Solaris Venture Partners. We discuss why SaaS works well for India, and on all things policy, the Takshila folk discuss Australia's anti-trolling bill aimed at making social media platforms safer, but perhaps a little less private. Do follow us on social media where IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and also do check out our YouTube channels. We have a number of them. You can get them on ivmpodcast.com/slash/youtube. And remember, if you're enjoying this show or any of our other shows for that matter, please do tell a friend. It really does help us spread the word. And finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors for the network this week: Cred, Bank of Baroda, CoinSwitch, Kuber, Intel, and Oxfam India. Thank you so much for making this possible. Remember the days when our granny used to narrate once upon a time stories? Let's bring back the good old days of moral stories with Storytime Tamil. Hi, I am Ravi Shankar Balachandran, host of Storytime Tamil podcast. I would like you to entertain and educate your children with stories from Storytime Tamil. Tune in to the new episode sharp at 7 p.m. every day on IVM website, IVM podcast app, YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcast from.